Hello, world. It's a Friday. Hey, it's a special edition of Hello, world. As we hone in on one topic, as we always do on these special programs, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I've pre-recorded this broadcast, my friends, so uh, hopefully it'll be a big help to you. We're just basically going to be talking about some of the things in our book and the books to come in the future as we probably are going to end our overall ministry in this world, talking about the spirit world. 40 years so far, don't see any reason to back off now. And a whole bunch of things we want to do yet, all stemming from Luke 4.18. Jesus Christ did it. We want to do our part. He came to heal the brokenhearted, set the captive free. My colleague and I, Dr. Ken Copley, going to do a lot in the days ahead, including seminars for pastors and related workers, as well as just the community. We're going to be doing some seminars and some helps, some things you need. Our handbook's going to be coming out. Our video series going to be coming out. Lots of things happening in the days ahead. Jesus Christ is coming soon. We need to get ready and... Uh, Get ourselves prepared. Make sure that we are where we need to be. You pray for us, my friend. We're always in need of prayer. So we're over in Ohio today, Columbus, Ohio, at the Southwest Radio Church Prophecy Conference. Clarity to the chaos. Oh, lots of speakers. A great time we had talking Bible yesterday and uh, just kind of informing people with the release of our brand new book, the Invisible War of the Saints, Victor or Victim, we were talking obviously about the spirit world and demons. And you know, there is no doubt at all, if you read your Bible, interpret it in a normal way, testifies very clearly to the reality, to the activity, to the, well, the workings, my goodness, of these awful things called demons. The record of the Old Testament, it's quite clear. Demons are real spirit beings who oppose God, who oppose you. A spirit being spoke through the serpent in Genesis 9 and, and caused and fall the entire human race into sin's guilt and into degradation. Even Satan may be considered a demon since he is named the ruler of the demons there in Matthew 12, 24. You know, Satan seems to have motivated the first murder Genesis chapter 4, first six verses. Read about it in John 8, 44. 1 John 3, 12. Demons may have attacked the race in Genesis chapter 6. Satan accused Job and accused God and, and brought under God's permission and restraint great destruction and distress. Job 1 and 2. A demon volunteered to be a lying spirit to Ahab in 1 Kings 22. There were spirit beings energizing the world rulers in the time of Daniel. Daniel 10, 13, and 20. What do you think is going on in the world today? Russia, Ukraine, China. No fewer than five different Hebrew words are translated by the Greek Septuagint and the version of the Old Testament by, by the well-known New Testament Greek words, daemon, daemonion, and as some say, there's no truth to it, a suggestion that demons are temporary entities that cease to exist after the time of Jesus Christ and the apostles, that's an argument. In fact, the New Testament witnesses of their continuing activity throughout the church age, right? Paul and John warn of future deception by demons in 1 Timothy 4.1, 1 John chapter 4. 
Demons will be extremely active in the great tribulation period of Revelation 9, 12, and 16. They continue their terrible work until Jesus Christ comes to place them into the abyss. Revelation 20, Isaiah 24, though bound completely during the millennial kingdom, that thousand-year reign, afterwards they, along with Satan, are released for a short period of time to deceive nations. Then with all unbelievers, they're cast permanently into the lake of fire, Revelation 20. The evidence from the New Testament for the existence of demon is just, well, it's overwhelming. You can't profess to believe the Bible and deny the reality of demons either in the day of Scripture or today in 2023. You know, in his original rebellion, Satan drew with him a great number of lesser angels than himself, perhaps a it says a third of all created, Ezekiel 28, Revelation 12. I think they now may be classified as either confined or free. The free have their abode in the heavenlies and have access to earth and its inhabitants, according to Ephesians 3 and 6. Others are confined in one of the several places that uh, speaks of in the Bible. Some are in the abyss or the pit, Revelation 9, a place in which Christ cast many, Luke 8:31. This is the place where Satan will be confined during the future kingdom, Revelation 20. Others are bound in the earth. Four great angels and perhaps all their armies who will destroy one-third of mankind are confined at the river Euphrates, according to Revelation 9. Jude 6 describes a particularly wicked group of demons there as kept in eternal bonds under darkness reserved for the judgment of that great day. This is the same group that Peter describes as in Tartarus in 2 Peter 2.4. Personal beings, I tell people they're, well, they're just like you would be, human beings in so many ways. They are persons originally created in the image of God, inference there from their personality. But, but having rebelled against God, they fell and remain irreversibly in estrangement. From Almighty, got separated. Depravity and sin is their world. Evidence of their personhood can be seen in that personal pronouns applied to them by Jesus Christ himself and, and by the demons to themselves in Luke 8, 27 through 30. They can assume personal names such as Legion, Luke 8, 30. They use intelligent speech. Yes, they can. Luke 4, Luke 41, Luke 8. One particular demon that I dealt with called Abaddon was super intelligent. For a while, just ran me in circles, and I even confused myself. These things recognized their identity of Jesus Christ in Mark 1 and uh, Paul, Acts 16. In this case, they also divined the future. It's an encouragement to the saints that the demons exhibit the emotion of fear, trembling at their judgment in Luke 8 and James 2. And it's also obvious that they exercised their will in rebelling against Almighty God and then later in appealing to Christ not to cast them into the pit. Luke 8, 32. However, they had to obey the will of Jesus Christ when he cast them out in Mark chapter 1. Our book is called The Invisible War on the Saints, Victor or Victim. These things are among the invisible creatures of Almighty God, according to Colossians 1. They may be as angels take upon themselves visible form at times. When they appear, they may appear as if they were angels of light, 2 Corinthians 11. Or they can appear as something hideous and fearsome, 
Revelation 9, 17, Revelation 16. Demons have the power of supernatural intelligence and strength. Satan has vast intelligence, Ezekiel 28. Demons are capable of creating a network of information and carrying out stratagems on the local and worldwide scene, Ephesians 6. The power of this legion forcibly arrested the attention of those who saw the effect of demons leaving the man and entering 2,000 swine to drive them down the hill into the sea. Remember that? Sure you do. Mark chapter 5. Their powers are used in terrible, wicked fashion in the world today. Their murderous actions torment men to the point of preferring to die. Revelation chapter 9. Some demons spew fire from their mouths to slay one-third of mankind during the tribulation. Demons can produce deceptive miracles. Like Satan, they may interfere with the laws of nature to produce all power and all signs and false wonders, 2 Thessalonians 2. Of course, God limits what they can do. Pharaoh's court magicians seem to be able to duplicate some of God's miracles through Moses, but they could not match others. Exodus 8. Furthermore, all they really could do was to add to Egypt's misery, not relieve any of it. Modern miracles and magic may not be mere human fakery. They could be a product of counterfeiting demons. And you see some of the strangest things happening from magicians in the world today, from levitation. You can't explain some of that stuff. I'm not being deceived. My eyes, I know what I'm seeing here. Anyway, they're constant work here, needing no rest as humans do. No, they can go 24-7, no problem. They seek to control individuals, Ephesians 2. They seek to, well, control political governments, Daniel 10. And the whole world's philosophy and course of history, John 12, Ephesians 6, 2 Thessalonians 2. Satan's Antichrist is going to be the epitome of rebellion in the world the man of lawlessness displaying himself as being God, 2 Thessalonians 2. And he will gather men to warfare against God and Christ and tribulation and his release from millennial confinement, Revelation 20. That's going to be something, huh? Demons delight in slandering the character of God and God's people. They want us to believe that he isn't loving, that he isn't kind or considerate or fair or faithful, that he is a restrictive, harsh, protective of his position as God and ruler, dictator of the world. That's what the demons want you to think. Demons drive men to idolatry and keep them deceived by displaying supernatural powers, as in the case of the gods of Egypt. In opposing God, wicked spirits promote false world religions and a maze of cults of Christendom, whether it be in animistic religions where superstition, magic, and the worship of spirits bring men into bondage, or whether it be an attractive philosophical system seemingly promoting good. The dynamic is the same. Demons distracting from the only true and living God of the world and from his unique son, Jesus Christ the only savior for the whole world. Deception, degradation, that's their means. That's their, that's their goal, deception and destruction. Demons sometimes afflict men through nature, Job 1. To degrade men made in the image of God, they lead them into creature-centered philosophies of humanism, Romans 1. 
This leads to perversion and corruption of God-given powers in religion and society and, and sex, God's creation, that man is so perverted. They distract men from the truth. The Bible says ye shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. Satan wants to uh, ruin all of that in your life. They can promote obvious evil, but they often promote what seems to be good to man's blinded mind to accomplish their evil ways. Demons hate the grace of Almighty God and the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ. Amen. To this they seek to blind men's minds. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. Great two verses there. They promote legalism. Galatians 3, 1 Timothy 4. And they promote loose living. 1 John 3, Jude 4. These spirits can attack men's bodies with dumbness, Matthew 9, blindness, Matthew 12, deformity, Luke 13, convulsive habits, Matthew 17. The Bible does not label all illnesses demonic, but clearly distinguishes natural ailments from the demonic, Matthew 4, Luke 7. They may drive men to self-inflicted injury. We have a lot of that, Mark 5, Mark 9 or to destroy others, Revelation 18, Revelation 24. They may directly slaughter men, Revelation 9. Did you know all of this? Certain mental disorders stem from the activity of demons. Some appearances of insanity, such as withdrawal, nudity, filth, compulsive behaviors characterize some of the cases of being demonized, Luke chapter 8. Some suicidal manias come from their treachery, Mark 9. Such mental distress may be human in its source, but you can't rule out the demonic if we assume a truly biblical worldview, if you assume that position as a child of God. And there are some few demonic cases of mental distress recorded here. You know what demons seek to do? They seek to control people, to promote their own schemes. And sometimes humans are very cooperative in this program. And other times they're opposed to the things they are led to do. Satan's main target is you, my Christian friend. He hates you, my Christian friend. Because they're on the side of his arch enemy, Jesus Christ, the activity of demon spirits is so intimately and inseparably bound up with their prince leader, that their work and his is identified rather than differentiated. Satan's evil forces are arrayed against the believer, seeking to carry out their schemes, Ephesians 6. Put on that whole armor of God, by the way. They attack his confidence in Almighty God and his word, Matthew 16, 1 Timothy 4. They attempt to promote man to sin, 1 Chronicles 21, Revelation 2. They promote immorality, 1 Corinthians 7. They love to break up a Christian marriage. You got one? They can cause physical problems, Job 2, 2 Corinthians 12. Demons want to divide and defeat genuine unity in the church, locally or universally. They use doctrinal divisions through false teachers and faddist, 1 Timothy 4, they question the genuine deity of Jesus Christ. What's real in humanity or the very historicity of Jesus Christ, according to 1 John 4 and 2 Timothy 3. 
They use practical divisions through jealousy, selfish ambition, arrogance, and personality cults. James 3, 1 Corinthians 3, they create harshness, a lack of forgiveness, bitterness. I share in my book, The Invisible War on the Saints, that I worked with more demonic spirits in this area with God's people than any other. Countering the gospel ministry, they love to do that, the demons. They hinder communication and incite misunderstanding, 1 Thessalonians 2. Local and national governments may be influenced to resist the spread of truth, 2 Thessalonians 3. They incite persecution and imprisonment, Revelation 2, and even murder of true believers. And I think you'll find this interesting. God can use demons, all he does, to correct defection, 1 Timothy 1, or immorality, 1 Corinthians 5. Through difficulties inflicted by demons, the believer may grow in discernment. We did. Job 40, Job 42. And you can learn to trust God more thoroughly as a result of demonic attack. 2 Corinthians 12. God has used demons to defeat the ungodly. He may have used demons as a band of destroying angels, deputizing these demons, if you will, to judge Egypt. God judged Ahab by death as he was led by a lying spirit in the mouth of a false prophet, 1 Kings 22. And you know when these things are cast out when they're gone, God's power over evil and rebellious creatures is greatly demonstrated. Luke 10, Christ is shown to be the strong deliverer from Satan and his demons. His miraculous deliverance substantiated his claims and his authority, Mark 1. The Bible presents overwhelming evidence today, my friend, that these beings, these things exist, and we don't want to ignore them as so many want to. We are ignorant of his devices. Demons actually exist today and are very active, I believe, in every community, every family, every church. They're certainly active in the world today as never before. The Old and New Testaments agree with this, I believe. The testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ himself is conclusive that he recognized the reality of demons. He faced their opposition. He cast them out as proof that he is indeed God, the Son of God, the Messiah of the world. Demons are actually fallen angels under the leadership of the demon, Satan, the first among demons. Satan and his demons are personal spirit beings. They're very intelligent very powerful, and very perverted. That's your enemy today. Do you know your enemy? These things oppose God and mankind, especially believers in Jesus Christ, meaning you, my friend. They oppose Almighty God and mankind, especially believers in Jesus Christ. Demons extend Satan's influence and promote his destructive program around the world. And often they do this by invading humans to accomplish their schemes. They use Christians to accomplish their schemes. Powerful and as fearful as these things are, they are no match for the person of Jesus Christ. That's, well, that's got to be a great encouragement for you and me today. Their creator, their judge, that's Jesus and Jesus Christ limits these things. He uses them despite their intentions. And he's finally going to cast them into the lake of fire for all eternity. So you know what, my friend? 
You can be very confident today. You can rely upon Jesus Christ to protect your salvation. You're saved and heaven-bound today. You can count on Jesus Christ to guide your life today to victory in Jesus where you don't have to be a victim of these things and to keep us from all those demonic plots and practices as we walk in obedience to his word. And there is a key. Obedience is not the very best way to show that you are a believer, my friend. It's a way to keep these things, these demon spirits at bay. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you serving God? Are you hanging with Christians today? Are you in a good Bible-believing church doing what that local church teaches? Well, amen. You're really in good shape, my friend. If not, you are a target of Satan and his demons this day. Invisible war on the saints. It's real. The question remains, are you a victim or a victor? One of the chapters in this book is what you're going to do when they come for you. Because they are, whether you realize it or not. Everyone listening right now. A couple of examples I gave yesterday in our message on this invisible war had to do with Mark Bubeck and his book, The Adversary, and how he was having devotions with his 12-year-old Christian daughter when she spoke with a, what an adult male voice saying, we are in charge here. What you going to do when they come for you? How would you Handle that. That's what I challenged the audience in Columbus on yesterday. I mean, it's, it's a real thing. And Satan is after you and your family, after your church. Absolutely. The days are winding down. Jesus is coming soon. How about this? Preaching in the church, Fundamental Baptist Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, this happened to me. I'd started out on a Sunday. The pastor asked me to come. He was a Bob Jones graduate. Said, come talk about demons. Tell our audience they need to hear it in our church. Absolutely. Well, we had a tough time. Started out tough. Got done, was talking to people. My wife couldn't help but hear a young boy came up. His dad brought him up and said, you know, can you help my son this week? We need got some problems. We need to talk about, get some help. Well, that kid started growling at me. That was interesting. That wasn't the strangest thing that happened that morning. Standing there talking to the pastor, winding things down, getting ready to go to lunch after the service, and what is this? Right down the center aisle of that church came a black goat. Where did this thing come from? How did it get in the church auditorium? Everybody was asking that question Oh, my goodness, he came right up to the preacher and me and almost human-like just looked at us, looked around the room, saw my son over here making friends with someone he had just met at this church and charged my boy, hit him right in the thigh with his horns. And the men wrestled that thing out and got it out outside. It ran into a suburban area there between a bunch of houses. Guess what? The next day, Pastor and I are going to help somebody with some demonic problems, getting ready to leave the church. 
Out between the buildings, there he came again, that black goat. Oh, we talk about it in our book. Invisible War of the Saints, we're talking about in Columbus, Ohio, as well as the New America, and so much happening there is demonic. Not all political and a bunch of lefty loonies running. No, no. Satan's in charge, my friend. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this special edition of Hello World for this Friday. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for your support. Join me on Facebook. Oh, I love it. Greg, Jerry G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Why not do that today? And that's the way it is for a Friday, October the 27th, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless you. Have a great weekend, my friend.